Hello, my friend, and welcome to the Beyond the Body podcast. My name is Terry Hofford, and I am so happy that you're here. No one is immune to body image insecurity, and it can definitely get in the way of us achieving the glorious lives we deserve. But in order to move forward and break through it, we must go beyond the body, challenging our mindsets and tapping into our creativity to realize it was never about the body to begin with. With amazing guests, topics to help you shift your beliefs about bodies, and activities that will actually help you put this work into practice, we are going to get closer to self and body acceptance. Are you ready? Let's go. William Shakespeare once said, Our doubts are traitors and make us lose the good we oft might win by fearing to attempt. The season I'm currently in is full of unknowns, fear, and, well, a little bit of doubt. I'm trying really hard to lean into my trust muscle, to trust the process, and to move forward understanding that all the dots will align soon. Just not right now. It's hard not to doubt when evidence isn't presenting in favor of my desired outcome. So what am I going to do about it? I took to the internet to see if I could find some suggestions on how to overcome self-doubt, and I want to share them with you in case you're in a similar mindset space as me. Perhaps you're doubting a relationship, a career choice, an opportunity, or just yourself overall. In either case, doubt can really get in our way of living the life we truly desire, so we need to figure out what it's trying to teach us and how to work with it to move forward and lean further into our trust muscle. Now, this content is going to be coming from a handful of different blogs and articles I found on the internet, and each will be cited in a source in the show notes. So if you want to learn more about each specific topic, you'll just click the links on each of the things and it will take you to the article that I found. So let's dive on in. From a blog titled Eight Ways to Overcome Self-Doubt. We first need to understand where all of this doubting is coming from before we are to tackle it. Narcissistic parents, tough love, past experiences, and fear of failure and success are cited as some of the main places that doubt can stem from. Looking at this list, if I'm being honest with myself, it is the fear of success and past experiences that are causing my doubt to hang on. I'm uncertain about how to create a successful business without burnout, and I'm afraid that if I do crack the code, What will I be capable of? What will success look like on me? What will I have to learn or be new at for this next level of growth? I'm hitting my head on the limit of my potential because I'm doubting my ability to figure out the next phase of my life. Though I figured out all the phases before this. One of the antidotes this article suggests to overcome self-doubt is to think back to past experiences and spend time with supportive people. When I look back at how I grew my photography business, I knew nothing. I didn't know how to run a successful business, how to make a profit, how to serve clients, how to prep clients, how to create an experience that impressed them. Shit, I barely even knew how to photograph them the way that I truly wanted to. All I knew was that the work I was doing was important. So I took workshops and classes and invested in my knowledge to become not just technically proficient as a photographer, but to also learn how to run my business in a way that would yield me a profit. Essentially, I invested time and money to learn how to do the things I didn't know how to do. And then 
I did them. Secondly, I surrounded myself with people who I perceived as being successful and growth-oriented in their businesses. I tried my best to avoid spending time with people who complained and whined about the impossibility of making a profit or folks who moaned about how horrible their clients were. These are not people I wanted to be like. As Jim Rohn says, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And if that is the case, hanging out with people who believe in the dream will only help diminish the doubt, whereas spending time with folks who do not believe in possibility will only provide evidence for the doubt to become stronger. And I don't really want that. In an article called Seven Ways to Overcome Self-Doubt created by uh, American Express, they recommend raising your self-awareness and practicing self-compassion. Now, I've always been quite self-aware as a kid. Um, I always journaled. I always reflected. I always spent time with myself. And so this wasn't anything new to me, but it's still important to be intentional about it. Raising our self-awareness will help us become more familiar with the internal voice driving the bus. And this gives us the space to be able to practice compassion for our, the thinking that we do and the feelings that come with it. Because sometimes those feelings can make us feel worse and create thoughts that are unhelpful, which just contribute to more self-doubt. Self-awareness is something I preach constantly. And if you've been following me for a while, you know this is not a surprise. It gives us insight into who we are and why, and it can give us a better foundation from which to grow. This is really, really, really important because if you're not self-aware of your behaviors, your strengths, your weaknesses, your areas of opportunity, and things like that, you just chalk it up to, I'm not good enough. Now, Compassion, on the other hand, is one of my actual core values. And so this is integral in the process of listening to thoughts and beliefs that I have about myself. It gives me a soft place to land instead of feeling bad that I have bad feelings. Somewhere along the way, we've been taught that you shouldn't feel sad, you shouldn't feel doubt, you shouldn't feel fear. But the reality is, is that we're human and we will. So compassion gives me this kind of understanding and it's almost like a warm hug for myself that regardless on what's going on or how I'm feeling or the thoughts that I'm having, I am still loved, I am still safe, and I am still supported. And speaking of values, this article also suggests that this is one of the other avenues for overcoming self-doubt and I concur 100% with this. Anytime I feel fear bubble up or have the scarcity mindset that I've inherited rear its ugly face, I'm able to confront it with my values. And my values are education, empathy, curiosity, and compassion. If you've never done a values exercise, I actually have one up on my website and I'll link it in the show notes because it is one of, number one, my fa- one of my favorite activities to do. But also it is really helpful for figuring out your preferred approach to dealing with people or yourself or situations so that way you can emerge being the person that you want to be. A lot of times when we don't know what our values are, we will become very reactionary instead of being able to respond. So I think it's a really valuable tool. So again, my values are education, empathy, curiosity, and compassion. When doubt comes a calling, and it will, I can choose any of these values to approach it to help me keep moving forward. 
The other day, I almost threw myself into a full-on panic attack, and I'm not even joking. Usually my panic attacks will start, uh, will settle in right as I'm about to fall asleep and my mind has time to process. Uh, usually I'm pretty good throughout the day because I keep myself busy enough that I don't, I can't really think about those things, but as soon as it's ready to go to bed, my brain is calming down and only calms down so that it can freak itself out. And so this panic attack I had was when I realized that I no longer have the consistency of income that I had when I ran my full-time photography business. Scarcity came running out of the dark and was right at the front of my mind and I could feel the panic attack starting. I could feel my breath shorten, my shoulders tensed up, and my jaw clenched in response to this thought. And instead of falling into a further spiral, I stopped myself and asked, what can I do right now to help myself feel safe in this moment, right now in the present? And the answer was breathe deep and slow. So I did my breathing exercises, which I've done on the podcast before, breathing in for a count of four, holding for four, exhaling for four, and repeating until the physiological symptoms faded away. At this point, I was able to sit with the fear that wedged itself between my ribs. And this is, I feel my, my, what I call societal fear, like fear that's not really based in my intuition, but fear that's based on scarcity or, you know, identity or things like that. It, I usually feel it right between, well, my boobs, but uh, it feels like it sits right in between my rib cage beside my heart. I use curiosity to kind of explore the fear and the way I uh, explain it to people is like it was kind of like looking at it like a snow globe. So if I imagine fear like the snow globe that's kind of stuck in my chest, I want to look around it and I don't want to, it's very fragile, so I don't want to break it or smash it or tuck it away. I literally want to look at it from every different perspective. So with curiosity, I was able to ask questions as I kind of like spun this fear around. So first of all, what color is this fear right now? And a lot of times my fear shows up in colors that are like colors that I actually like, like purple or turquoise or kind of like an iridescent um, dark teal. Uh, and it's usually not things like red or orange, what you would think. So for me, though, that's usually the colors that they take on. And then I ask myself, what does it mean? Like, what is this fear that I have? What am I afraid of happening if I was to do the thing? Or in the in this case of this panic attack, what am I afraid of if I do not have money coming in? What does that mean about me as a person? Does that mean I failed? And what would that mean? Who am I worried about? Who am I worried about knowing that I quote unquote failed? And what does that mean for me as a person? Does this mean my husband will abandon me and I'll be alone and I'll die in a ditch? Or what am I afraid of? Am I afraid of people are going to say, oh, there goes Terry, just changing her mind again or you know it was like all this stuff I was able to explore it from a different perspective I asked myself have I felt this way before have I felt this fear in my chest before and when was the last time I felt it is it possible I'm future projecting instead of being aware of the present this one's really important for me to ask because I am somebody that is futuristic. I'm always looking ahead and it's harder for me to be in the present. I'm always thinking about what I do now. How is that going to impact the future? And so sometimes future projecting creates these panic attacks because I'm looking ahead at an empty calendar and 
in the present, my body says, holy crap, we have nothing, nothing's coming in. And so it thinks in the present that we are unsafe and that we are, have no money and all these things. But the reality of the situation is, is that I've created a situation where I'm able to take a bit of a break to give myself time to get clarity around this and kind of quell that doubt a little bit. But because my brain keeps going to the future, I have to just remind it that, hey, 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 in the present right now, we actually are quite safe. We planned for this. We are resting and that is okay. And so the cool thing was by sitting with this fear instead of usually in my past, I would have pushed it away or ate over it. I looked at this fear and doubt from so many different angles and perspectives that it gave me the ability to see where it was stemming from. Once I realized I was afraid of not knowing how to monetize my podcast or how to reach more people or how to get people interested in more self-development, I realized that there was educational content I could start learning to feel more at ease with the process. And since I have time right now, I actually can focus on learning. And so this like time that feels like scarcity because there's no money coming in is actually an opportunity for me to build something great. But if I didn't sit with that fear, I wouldn't have been able to recognize that. And if I didn't have compassion for the fact that I felt scared in the first place, I wouldn't have given myself the opportunity to find those answers. In How to Beat Self-Doubt and Stop Selling Yourself Short, an article by Dr. Margie Worrell, she gives us a few examples of the way that self-doubt can show up. And this can look different for everyone, but here are just a few examples. Again, this post was, um, or this article was obviously focused more on business. So she talks about it from the perspective of not publishing a post because you're afraid of what people will say. Not writing the book that you've been wanting to write because you're afraid of how other people will react or that nobody's going to buy it or whatever. Maybe it looks like not applying for the promotion or the speaking engagement or whatever because you think you won't get it. Um, Not reaching out and just basically a whole bunch of nots, like a whole bunch of reasons why not you. And the thing is when we tell ourselves we should do the thing and then we don't, that's when we need to analyze what we are afraid of. So in this article, she goes on to state that self-doubt is part of being human and that one of the ways that we can help appreciate it or, you know, put up with it is to understand that it is there to prevent us from being injured or humiliated. So its heart is in the right place, right? Doubt is there to protect us. It's just the timing is kind of off because while back in the day, yeah, Self-doubt maybe protected us from being eaten from a saber-toothed tiger or being ousted from our tribe. That stuff doesn't really happen anymore for most people. And so the timing is off. And so we want to use the newer part of our brain, this prefrontal cortex, to be critically thinking about what am I afraid of now? And one of the things I've always told others, and now it's time for me to apply it to myself, is that the mission and message has to be way more important than the fear. It's too important for me to encourage folks to embrace their authentic selves than it is for me not to do it. So for example, this is one of the ways that I'm able to write things that connect with other people that a lot of people are like, oh, I've been thinking this for a long time, but I just didn't have the guts to write it. 
or I've been wanting to do this or, you know, create this thing, but I just, I couldn't get myself to do it. That was their self-doubt getting in the way and the way that I've overcome that in the past by saying like, yes, I am scared of doing this and nobody might sign up for this or this might not happen but I have to put it out there and see if the thing is possible because even if there's just one person that could benefit from this post, this course, this retreat, this podcast, whatever, then it will have been worth it. So the last thing that Margie reflects on in her article is that we must train the brave within ourselves. This is doing that thing scared, right? So when I launch a course or when I write my book or whatever, this is taking a chance on ourselves and rising above the noise that doubt creates. And the question that she asked was really eye-opening because as I was creating this podcast, I was thinking about uh, the question for myself and it was very eye-opening. So she asked, uh, she asked, says to ask yourself, what would I do if I was being brave right now? So this is in regards to the thing that you want to, you know, move on or move towards. So for me, this was such a great question to ask. And if I was to apply it to myself right now, here's what I would say. If I was being brave right now, I would let myself step away and be silent and just step away from everything to get clear. And then I'd come back. I would immerse myself in learning how to podcast, how to write better, how to coach better, and how to speak better. If I was being brave, I would tell people that I don't know, I honestly don't know what's next for me. And that's okay because I trust that is what is next for me is meant for me. If I was being brave, I would say that the thing that is hard and the thing that's hard for me to say is that I honestly don't want to just talk about bodies. Because body image is just the tip of the iceberg and instead I'd rather spend my time helping people chip away at their geodes to help them with the mindset aspect. I want to let people and myself know that we have so much power to change our lives and minds yet we choose not to because of things like self-doubt and fear and I want to help people understand that that power is not something to be afraid of. And so that's what it would be. If I was brave, I would be okay to quit doing what I've done and start again. I would be okay to rebrand, revise, and renew. Maybe archive my whole Instagram account and my whole website and just start fresh. I would, If I was being brave, I would understand that I didn't fail at being a photographer. It just no longer serves me the way that it used to. And then I said, wow, That was a great question to ask because it truly did. Like all of that just came pouring out of me when I wrote my responses to that question. And it really, really, really opened up for me a lot of things. And so sorry for the overshare, but um, that is that is truly what I want and truly what I'm afraid of. And so I want to, I'm going to explore that a bit more in my journal and things like that and what that would look like. But I think I just had to get that out. Um, But that's how self-doubt can get in our way. It can gloss things over as procrastination or overachieving of things that we think we need or desire. But ultimately, all of that stuff is just hiding the truth of what we're trying to do here. 
The last tip I want to share is from an article from Psychology Today called How to Overcome Self-Doubt. And this author, Tiki Davis, encourages us to move towards unconditional self-worth not self-love. This is a really important distinction. Um, Because at first when I was doing this, I was like, oh, unconditional self-love. And then I reread it and I was like, oh no, nothing about self-love, self-worth. So this is the understanding that your worth is neither increased or decreased by external factors, such as how people treat you, your decisions, your body, or how much money you make. There are zero conditions. You are worthy simply because you are human. I think this is really, really important. And in this current season of my life, this is what I've been trying to prove to myself. And I feel like I'm on that last level of a Mario Brothers quest where I'm fighting the biggest Bowser in the castle. And for me, that is non-productivity. I released my studio because I was too attached to it, thinking I needed it to be respected. I released my Instagram last June for a month because I was too obsessed, thinking I needed to post every day to be relevant and important. I released my title of being a photographer because I was sure my value came from the title. And now I'm on the quest to release my productivity, attempting to work and live more intentionally, understanding that my pace of work does not have to be so aggressive for me to be worthy of being a human. When I feel my brain start to spiral around guilt of not producing, not working, being lazy and resting, I argue back that I'm still valuable, I'm still loved and supported when I'm doing nothing. When I make mistakes or get rejected, I'm still valuable, loved, and supported. Developing my self-worth has taken a lot of years, and I need to preface that just because I have confidence doesn't mean I have high self-value. I very muchly will put myself in positions to do things for the greater good or to help others, but many of those times I will also agree to do those things because I think they'll get me more love and acceptance. Understanding what it feels like when I do them for my ego or for my purpose has helped me to dispel some of the doubt that could show up. Overall, self-doubt can cause a lot of havoc and wreck our dreams, desires, and aspirations before we even begin. I want to encourage you to see where doubt might be getting in your way and ask yourself the following questions to move through it. Number one, have I felt this way before and overcome it? And if so, what made me push past it in the past? Number two, what is something I can tell myself to reduce the fear this doubt is bringing up? Number three, who in my circle will be 100% honest with me and support me unconditionally? Number four, where am I seeking external validation and how is this impacting my self-doubt? And number five, what would I do if I was brave? Remember, We got this, and we are capable of slaying the dragon of self-doubt. We just need to be compassionate with ourselves in the process. If you are enjoying the content on the Beyond the Body podcast, I want to encourage you to sign up for the Beyond the Body monthly membership, where you will get access to exclusive weekly blog posts, 
unreleased voice notes and podcasts and video content to help you move closer to self and body acceptance. You can find out more about this membership at terryhoffer.com in the menu or at terryhoffer.com forward slash beyond hyphen the hyphen body hyphen members hyphen sign hyphen up. It will also be linked in the show notes in case you didn't catch that. 